This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. It is the Friday night preview show and uh, I am Stanford Chidge, of course, and I have with me, as ever, the delectable Jonathan Kidd. Oh, I love that adjective. Thank you very much, Chidge. Lovely to be on the show. Um, uh, people who are tuning in expecting me to be sweary, uh, like I am on the fan bike, 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 fan bike, fan ah. bike. I, I apologise. That's a I new show uh, which features SM, S&M, apparently. I, I don't know. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, I won't be, uh, as angry or sweary because it's, I've calmed down since the idiocy of the game during the week. Um, so I apologize, but for anybody who wants me to swear, fuck, there we go. I've sworn. <laughs> uh, we have a guest, JK. Not, Do we? Not, oh, yes. This is like MS, not just an ordinary guest. This is Ooh. a Chelsea fancast uh, guest, isn't it? This yes, it guest. is, of course, the, uh, He's not a guest. He's part he, of the family, mate. He is. I'm a fan. It's the housewife's choice himself. Yeah. It's, of course, Mr. Clayton Beerman. And he's fab, everybody. Yeah, he's I am fab. He's I'm fab. Good evening. And lovely to be here. And Happy New Year to all of our listeners. And that's very kind of you. And uh, sorry to hear you, you've you got the lurgy, haven't you, Clayton? I have got the lurgy. Sexy, though, Clayton. Sexy. I passed the late fitness test. Oh, well done. Who did you got on? Okay. It is. It sounds quite, you know. Oh, hello. It does. It does. It added a richness and depth to his already yeah. sexy housewife loved yeah, voice. They'll love him. They'll love him even more now. Um, and They'll if be you're re- their knickers at the radio, they will. They will. If you're, or their underpants, or their underpants, I, yes, I, yeah, or their or their incontinence pants, quite possibly. Yeah, or their uh, yes. One doesn't want to be gender offensive. No. so apologies. If I think they're, I think, tenor, they're tenor men and just lead. offended anybody. Yeah, the cat. The catch-all phrase would be "cacks," wouldn't it? 
Yes. Um, yes. And anyway, if you're really lucky, you'll fail the fitness test tomorrow and won't be able to go to the match, right? I am I am hoping that I do get worse overnight so that I can <laughs> go tomorrow. So I'm basically going to sort of, yeah, I'm going to talk as much as possible so that okay. my, my voice goes... Speaks Judy. volumes, doesn't it, about our reaction to uh, to the game tomorrow, doesn't it? It does really? indeed. Well, look, duly noted, Clayton. Uh, a quick shout out for the usual stuff at the beginning of the show. Uh, as ever, don't forget, forget you can listen to the show live. Live! Every Monday and Friday at around 7.30pm uh, by going to Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com where of course you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page uh and uh, many people do it's great fun they're, they're a lovely bunch they really are anyway uh you can of course uh listen well you can listen to the podcast itself on acar spotify apple apple and all good pla- uh, podcast platforms i clearly haven't got my teeth in tonight and follow us on all the socials at chelsea fancast and um, the other thing we do have this thing called patreon which is actually another place where you will find many of the people who inhabit mixler uh, and they also inhabit our, our Discord page. Um, so if you want to join in with all that, which basically is a way of thanking us for the hard slog that we put in uh, all year round to deliver fresh, exciting and interesting... Oh, no, that's London is Blue, isn't it? We just turn out a load of shit every couple, couple of days a week. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you, if you want to uh, stop us from doing that, then you have to send a lot more money and then we'll stop. But if you want us to carry on, we'll just... Just a few quid every month, it's all, it all counts. Uh, if you do that, yes, you get into the Discord group. I will, if you ask me, send you the link to that. And I will also, if you send me your address, send you a mini Kerry Dixon banner. So there we go. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast for all of that. Right, now, uh, sadly, we have to talk about the Middlesbrough versus Chelsea match. Hmm. I mean, uh, I was watching it on telly like many people were because... Uh, you know, there was actually a good turnout up there and they, they made their presence felt and they, they unlike the players, uh, worked their bollocks off and made a real effort. But the reality was, it was just all so flaming predictable, wasn't it, JK? I knew it, you know? Um, Palmer missed that sitter and I said to myself, I said to myself, Chidge? No, I mean, I said, right, they'll go up the other end and score now. And guess what? That's exactly what they did. And then, of course... We spent the rest of the match huffing and puffing, missing sitters occasionally, like Palmer did again, uh, but not breaking them down and not really, you know, creating clear-cut chances. It was just... I mean, Jason Cundy, after the, a match, he, he had an, he, I mean, he had a JK-esque meltdown, actually. He ended up putting the phone down on O'Hara and Saunders, which I can actually understand. But yeah. he, he said, he said, mate, I've seen this movie before. I've seen this movie before. And we have seen this movie before. It was so frustrating and annoying. It was, it, the awful thing is, if if Palmer had been as clinical as he was against Luton, which uh, I think his two goals against Luton papered over the cracks as well there, because we'd have been beaten easily if he hadn't scored, um, uh, we wouldn't probably be having this this despair that we had at the performance because we'd have we'd have won it um but it goes to show you how flimsy the whole thing is if it's based on uh, him picking up on errors and the poor boy not only did he then miss three chances miss three of them but then uh, as a consequence of that disappeared completely for the whole of the game um which was um uh disturbing um but i think sort of slightly typical of his lack of maturity 
Um, and once again, it makes you realise that despite him being the best player so far this season, he is only a youth. Um, but it was the the predictability of it. I mean, they're very poor, Borough. I mean, all the, you know, 10 behind but the But very ball. well organised. Well, yeah, but once again, we said that would be the case, yeah, didn't we? we did. We said that, that they would, they said, we said they would just boot the ball up the pitch and run after it. And that's, that's exactly one occasion. The goalkeeper even kicked the ball up the pitch and they ran after it. He almost, almost got the ball into the middle, you know, and they look more like to score than we did because they've got somebody, they've got, they've got people who are um, committed and up for it. There's the other thing, the other words I would use that we were not committed or up for it. It's all, you think this was a, I'm going to swear, actually, this is a fucking semi-final. This was a semi-final of a of a cup that we need to win, and they went at it as if it was it was a, you know end of season championship game. That was the standard we were watching, and Borough just defended and defended well, but made errors, made obviously three errors, big errors that Palmer should have put away. And then in the second half, it just got worse and worse. And poor old Broyer, I mean, for goodness' sake, he just it. it he is he is so he comes off looking apologetic. He is so not in a position to be a striker for Chelsea Football Club. He's just mentally he's not there with it at all. And so there's no there's no, there's well, you know, it, it was it was we didn't have him to start off with. Um, but um, uh, uh, I think that the, the the worst performers should be singled out, actually. And and we need to doubt what on earth their commitment to the club is. Because Sterling was absolutely atrocious. I mean, really, the the worst that we've seen him play, and the he should really be against a team like this. He is he it, because it's a lower team who aren't very well. Well, they are organised, but because they're they're the kind of team that he should be able to, to run rings round, as as in every game that he's has played well this season. It's been against not the best clubs. Um, the fact that he just ran straight at them and centred to no one and shot wildly just made me think this is this is becoming a selection too far. I just don't think he should play again. I just think it's it's abysmal. His performance was abysmal. And then we have the madness of the goal with Caicedo just stopping dead and putting his hands on his hips. What the fuck was that all about? The, his, the one runner, the guy's only the only guy is looking is going to score. The only one in the penalty area, and he doesn't follow him in. What what is going on? You know, once again we have the same problem with Cor poor old Colwell. Was it poor old playing left back? Not as quick as a little winger. Well, he's not, is he? He's not going to do it. Well, they targeted him because of that, and they did. That's why they played the ball only up the, the right hand side. Yeah. Didn't play on the left hand exactly. side at all. Absolutely because of that. And you, you just think the naivety of it. Then and you. You know, we're going to get onto it in the press conference. He's, but Potch said, "I thought we played quite well." What? What the fuck is he watching? What is this? And it's only ninety minutes. Yes, it's ninety minutes of shit we've been forced to watch. Unfortunately, lack of commitment, lack of skill, but not terrible errors. Terrible schoolboy errors. Crossing the ball to nobody. There's nobody in the centre, so don't cross the ball. Or, or crossing what? it when it's Sterling, who's five foot two. Yeah, yeah. You know. But yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, We're, we are seeing this... He's angry so again, Clayton. It's only off. taken eight minutes and he's already... I'm not going to swear tonight. I'm, no, I'm, 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 I've calmed down a bit now. It's taken I'll, him all I'll, of five minutes. Wonderful. 
I'll shut up now. Sorry, Clayton. Let you ever go. Well, I was going to say, uh, I love it, JK. I mean, because that, I mean, actually, do you know what? I, it's it's remarkable, isn't it? The the I've never seen so many replies to your fan bite, uh, you know, that you put up on Tuesday night. And, and some of them were saying, if only the team had half the passion and commitment that you do, and they would be right. Clayton, injuries, yes. Inexperience, yes. But there's no excuse, surely, for a lack of desire, football intelligence and execution. And I was going to say, what a shame this isn't Monday because the the title would have very appropriately, inappropriately of the show would have been called Freed from Desire. I, I There are so many things wrong with the club at the moment, um, but you do actually wonder how... A manager and the team could not get themselves up for a semi-final. I mean, it it, it beggars belief. I think the, the the biggest problem we have is the fact that whatever eleven he puts out there, they're never a team. They are they are eleven individuals. You cannot see anything you can't see any pattern where any of these players look like they know what they're doing or that there's no teamwork so you mentioned Raheem and I'm not going to pick on Raheem however his best performances this season have been against championship teams or teams down the bottom I will caveat with the fact that he played really well against Man City, but that was probably personal, you know, pride that he wanted to show them what they were missing. I'm sure they're desperately upset. Um, so Cole Palmer has a has an absolute mare of a first half. Who's gone up to him? Who's put a shoulder around him? I mean, I wasn't there. You don't see. You know, the TV might not have shown that. But was was Sterling going up and saying, don't worry, head up, all the rest of it. Um, Nonny. Awful. Absolutely awful. Awful. Who's, Who's going up to him and saying, look, calm down, mate. Just, you know, just take your time. Sort yourself out. You've got the fullback. You've got the pace on him. The first fullback went off because he he was sort of he was injured. I can't see anybody talking to him. The two guys in midfield, they're both young. I, You know, you, you, you've, in, in the script, why aren't Mo, Moises and Enzo working? I've got no idea. No, me not, they were me. great players under different managers. So it may be that they're too similar. It may be that they just don't work together, but we're stuck with them because of the money that we've spent with them. I think the the, pro- the problem is that we are not a team and, you know, we can look at injuries, but I saw a list of players that were injured and I thought, with the exception of Rhys James and Ben Chilwell, and OK, we don't know what Nkoku's like and we don't know what Lavia's like because we haven't seen them play, but they, for me were the only two players 
who I thought could come back and make any sort of a difference. Now, from what I've seen about what I've seen of Fafana, he looks fantastic, but he's made of paper or glass or some other even less sturdy. Paper mache. Paper mache. Balsa wood. But but ultimately, I I can't see that anybody that's not in that team at the moment is going to improve it a whole lot. So I think it, it it's a problem. And and yes, I know there was a lot of hot out talk, but that nobody. But nobody, I, I don't, to, to be honest with you, I'm I'm not very impressed with him. I'm really not very impressed. Basically, anybody that came in, would they get a tune out of this bunch? I don't know. I, don't, I, I just, I don't understand why somebody like Poch, who's got this reputation of pressing teams, exciting teams going forward. Not happening, is it? It's just not happening. You know, and could could you say, or is it too early to say, the players aren't playing for him? I don't know because I just don't know because I've not. I don't know these players. I know some. I mean, of the, them. the only the only reason why I mean I don't I don't think that is the case. Most of my brain thinks that that's not the case. The small bit of my brain that thinks you might have a point, in, and I think this is part of the problem, is that a lot of those players feel far too secure and comfortable because a they they're on long you know eight-year contracts i mean they're not not necessarily earning the most amount of money that players get paid in the premier league so i don't think it's that but they're they have security of tenure because they have an eight-year contract the other thing that i'm wondering is because a lot of them are very young and they've not played for fashionable clubs they've all been recruited to chelsea and as JK keeps reminding us week on week, because it's very easy to forget that at the moment, but we are an elite football club, an elite European football club. And well, I wonder, I wonder if they think, oh, well, we've made it now. And in a way, they've 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 lost their hunger. And you add that to the eight-year contract, which means that you know their their careers are not in jeopardy. And I wonder if that that might answer your question, mate. Yeah, I mean, it, it is possible. It is entirely possible. I mean, the the. The, the length of contract, it's understandable why they've done it. And I do believe that they have bought some talent, but what they have bought more than anything else is potential. And you don't win football games in potential. I, I think, do you know, the, I think the most horrifying thing that happened this week in terms of my perception as to where we are as a club is that somebody, I don't know, somebody out there suggested Jordan Henderson. Yeah. And I actually thought, do you know what? He would do that team the world of good. He's a leader. He's on the football field. He is constantly barking. He's constantly talking. He's constantly bollocking. Not one of these fuckers... He's doing that. Not one. Yeah, it's a good point. We could do a lot worse with getting Jordan Henderson through the door. And I absolutely, I can't even believe I'm saying it. No, I, I hate him too, but I, I get your point and it's valid. Um, JK, you know, because you were such a superstar on, on, the, on the Twitter, you know, feed with the fan bite this week, 
you, like me, will be very aware that there's been an awful lot of heat on Poch. Now, I know everybody can fire back at me and say, yeah, but Chidge, you always say ignore Twitter because it's full of, you know, idiots. But what I'm saying is I've been seeing a lot of people who are not idiots all beginning to doubt, all beginning to question, and and some questioning, you know, I mean, you know, that Clear Lake did it last year with, with Potter, obviously. And I mean, Martin on our WhatsApp group was saying that. I mean, do you, do you really think that Potch's position might actually be in jeopardy at the moment? Uh, I think it's down to the next two games, isn't it? Next three games. Fulham, uh, Fulham not as much, but the uh, definitely the the Borough and Villa games. Mm. If he loses both of those, that's that's any prospect of, of Europe out of the window. And you think that uh, that's the deciding factor? I think it's one of them, yeah. But well, um, I think it's that it, it's that thing of we're we're seeing the same performance too often. The same. They surely must be aware that he's not getting a, um, uh, he's he's not getting a, a reaction from the team. Whatever he's doing with them. I mean, I, I, what you said earlier, Clayton, about the the pressing aspect of it, it was interesting watching Liverpool play Fulham, and um, uh, and Fulham started off very well. Um, and then Liverpool just looked inexorable after a period. I mean, Liverpool um, looked fitter, and uh, they they press fantastically. They they do what Klopp teams do, as they and what Tuchel used to do at the beginning. And and I was under the impression that this is what uh, this is what Pochettino would be doing because he did it in the preseason. They don't appear to be doing anything like that. There doesn't appear to be um, uh, a mode of playing that puts pressure on the opposition. They don't even. Press. It was interesting watching Borough pressed from their position of behind the halfway line. They still pressed. They pressed Chelsea players with the ball. They pressed the defence with the ball, but they just weren't very far forward with it. But they still ran after them all the time. We don't appear to do that ever. I don't see that ever. I never see that as a as a, um, a as something that Poch did with Spurs. That's how he made Spurs successful. You know, they were they were in your faces all the time. And I'm not seeing any of that. I'm not seeing any, as you as you said earlier. I'm not seeing any pattern. I'm not seeing anything where you think um, he's playing out of his skin. He's a good player, other than the odd moment in the past from Palmer. And I think Palmer has 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 got us off uh, with with his performances. It just goes to show you get one decent player who plays well. It can it can paper over the cracks. But then suddenly he's not playing well, and uh, and he makes all these errors, and you go. Uh oh, the rest of them are as shit as he is. Um, it just is—it's the fact that we then just trot out exactly the same things, Chidge, every time. And I—I—I I, I just wonder what he's doing. It makes you doubt the manager because they're making—you know—once again, um, uh, um, the fullbacks aren't good enough. Once again, um, there's a complete lack of rapidity. Once again, I compare Liverpool again. The pace of the ball being passed around to try and get get behind the uh, the defence, the block of the defence, is the ball is being passed at twice the speed that we do. Yeah. Liverpool just go, they get the ball, pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it. And, and there's, a, there's a, a, a glee with it. There's a joy with it because they're all finding the players. And you think, why are we slowing it down all the time? Why are we passing the ball at half the pace? Why? No wonder we can't get behind any of these teams. It is bewildering beyond belief and yet Sorry. we did against city we pinged it around for fun yeah. didn't we yeah 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 so what what Sorry, was that all about you know yeah no the, the 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 one thing on top of everything else that i can't really understand what poch is doing when any player shows any sign of form 
he benches them. Broya scored a goal. I know. Benches him. I was livid and that like, he didn't start and that Palmer yeah, started as a false nine. Scored a goal. Yeah. Looked good. Benched him. Mudrick, a couple of decent yeah. games. Benched him. I don't really understand what he's doing. And I'm not sure he does. Very true. Very true. Well, I, I wonder if, I mean, and this Matt sounds insane to say it, but perhaps he, he, he didn't really do his, what we would call in business, his due diligence. You know, um, maybe he was guilty. By accepting the job. Yeah. Maybe he was guilty. I mean, every time you, and this is the thing that makes me laugh whenever you hear the commentary, whether it be uh, the radio or the TV, you know, it's always, you know, Chelsea have got a great team, an excellent team, or goodness me, we can't understand why Chelsea are playing this badly. None of them have done their homework. Fuck, have you watched us for the last year and a half? For fuck's sake. You know, and, and maybe Poch was the same. Maybe he thought, oh, yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, that's a great move for me. That's an elite European football club. Owners with loads of money. They'll buy me loads of players. And he's turned up to find that it's an absolute omni-shambles. And he's got a team with, I mean, as Clayton so eloquently put earlier on, no leadership whatsoever and no experience whatsoever. I mean, that, that that's... Yeah, I mean, it is baffling. It is, isn't it? Baffling. However, you would have thought that, injuries aside, an elite manager could have created a team that played in a certain way, at a certain tempo, and, you know, so that at least we could see what was happening, what we were trying to do. What I'm absolutely fascinated in is where Dortmund play Martzen. Because if Dortson, Dortmund play Martzen <laughs> at left back, it's easy for me to say. If they play him at left back, which is where he should be playing, yeah. and he plays well, and plays well as a wing back, I want to know, and not one person on any press conference has ever said, why don't you play Matt at left back? Yeah. It's a I, I can only assume it's a height thing. But that's bollocks, isn't it? Because, you know, Colwell playing at left back, I'm sorry, it just doesn't work, you know. Um, going back to the mentality and the kind of picking up on some themes, I mean, actually, no, before I do that, we should finish the Poch discussion, which is really, you know, I can't see why it would do any good getting rid of Pochettino. We've all Agreed. seen with our own eyes that, you know, that this is not going to be turned around this season. This is going to require time to get the good players to, to actually develop and bed in. And it's going to take time to find some, you know, decent additions to this squad, preferably those that are not just out of their fucking nappy. Um, and so, you know, I do think the only way this is going to work is it's, it's, going to, it's going to have to be to give him time because actually he's proved at Spurs and at Southampton that if you do give him time, he makes it work and, and, and very effectively. The other issue for me is that, I mean, I stand by what I said when we hired him. I said, this is the best manager we can get at the time. And when I say the best manager, I'm talking about, you know, Champions League experience, big club experience, Premier League experience, and a track record of actually working well with young players. And he has won stuff, even if it is just PSG. But I mean, you know, he did get Spurs to a Champions League final. Something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, you know. So it shouldn't be discounted. I know he's not won a trophy, you know, you know. But I couldn't think of anybody better 
at that time. And of course, all we get quoted are, oh, we should have Xavi Alonso or, or uh, you know, Schlott. Or who, why? You know, wh- you know, what have they fucking done, A? And B, you know, what have they done in the Premier League? And, and you know, I just don't see it, you know? And I, anyway, anybody worth their salt at the moment will look at the omni-shambles of a clusterfuck that is Chelsea FC and give it a very wide berth if they value their reputation, won't they, JK? You'd have thought so. And we just to get back to Poch a second. I don't understand why he hasn't... I'm just echoing what you said, really, both of you. I don't understand why he hasn't created a pattern, a model that allow, that causes the team to at least put in performances and get some kind of result, not the not the, the clusterfuck on the shambles. I don't... If he's that good a manager, this is my... The doubt creeping in with me. I don't understand why he has yet to find a a way of making it work, because that's supposed to be his that's supposed to be his thing, isn't it? He's he's an elite manager. You would yeah, but you say that you say that right? You would say Anthony and Anthony Antonio Conte is an elite manager, right? And yet it was going very tits up for him, and he just basically got a stroke of luck at half time against Arsenal when we were three nil down, and he just went three at the back. And it looked like it worked. And then the next game, it worked really, really well. And he stuck with it and boom. You know, so was that managerial genius or a bit of luck or a bit of both? You know, and I think the problem that Poch has got is that we have had a lot of injuries. So I don't think he's been able to pick what he might see as his best team. And I think what he does is he picks, I mean, you know, like Sterling. I mean, as you will see later on, I've picked Sterling this week, possibly for the same kind of reason, because you think, He's our most, apart from Silver, our most senior player. He's done it all before. He's got a track record of scoring goals. I've got to be able to rely on him. So he relies on a player like Sterling, only for Sterling to let him down the next week. And then he goes, well, I'll put Mudrick in. And then Mudrick, you know, is about as mercurial as a lump of mercury. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. He's, he's probably putting faith in players he thinks he should be able to put faith in, and they consistently don't deliver for him. Or, because the recruitment drive effectively happened with he, and he had no say in it. He's got a load of players who either can't play in the system that he would like to play or don't understand how to play in the system he likes to play. Or, I mean, look at our midfield. You know, you said earlier on that Enzo and, and Moises are, are arguably too similar as players. Well, I, I'm, I'm bemused also as to why uh, Enzo plays up front a lot of the time. I don't get it. I'm not seeing a a, 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 a a progression in his performances either. I'm not seeing, with both of them, we're not seeing either of them performing as if they're the most expensive players in the league, that we're just seeing a kind of average performance from them. And at the moment, the only person, the only midfielder putting a shift in is is Connor. But even Connor um, was, was, was strangely un, uninvolved during the week. He was, it was... We we don't know what's going on in the background with Connor. No, we if, don't, do we? If the club are trying to offload him, yeah, maybe maybe he was distracted. But yeah. I d- I did see something this week um, where somebody was saying that Caicedo, when the ball is played to him, last season when he was at Brighton, he would basically play with his his, his back to goal. And he would receive the ball. And if he was being pressed, he could get away and play the ball forward. And that and that was how he was playing last year. And the person was making the point that 
we're not doing that with him. No. We're not giving him the ball. And we are so slow in what we're trying to do that he can't work with anything. Now, I mean, Caicedo's young. It's going to take him time to settle in. But he, he was basically only a Brighton for a season, wasn't he? Yeah. So whether we're just not using the players in the way that they should be used, I mean, all all I know is that our recruiters and what have you, it's all effing analytics. And that's what we're doing at the moment. And that doesn't work because analytics doesn't look at brain, doesn't look at heart, doesn't look at power. Or it does look at power, but it doesn't, you know, the, the, the untangibles, the... You know, I hate to go back to him again, but the Hendersons, mm -hmm. you know, analytics don't tell you that this guy won't let you sleep on the job, that this guy will give you hell if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you you know me. I would agree with everything you said there all day, night and all all, all day long. Um, and I don't know if you saw the video that 442 did uh, this week that was saying it's not just the fact that we can't put the ball on the net. It's the fact that we're not creating good enough chances. And actually, he went through them all, and he was right. Very few of the chances were what you would call a clear-cut chance. And yet they They're go... They were all mistakes. Huh? They were all mistakes. We didn't create anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of the point. But even the ones that we did create, well, I mean, like like Connor's attempt wasn't a clear-cut chance. So on, so on, so on, so on, so on, so forth. But the bottom line is, <clears throat> statistically, that will go down as a chance. Yeah. It won't say, well, it wasn't really much of a chance. There's no nuance with, with statistics. That's the trouble. But I, I just wonder, I mean, you know, tell you what it does, though. It does, though. It begs the question, you know, Caicedo, we're not playing him the way that Brighton did. Well, we don't play like Brighton. Enzo's arguably not playing the way that he normally plays. But surely a good manager will look at players and say, these are the 11 I've got, and this is the best way to play them, and do that. So, I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't think Poch is, is uh, blameless in all of this. I think he's culpable for certain things. And I think the two most obvious from uh, Tuesday night are Colwell playing left-back still and uh, not picking Brozier as a number nine and Palmer as uh, the false nine. Having said that, Palmer could have scored three goals. He scores one goal and it's a different bloody game, you know, and the, therein lies the rub. And I mean, one one thing I will say to wrap up, it is only half-time. We're 1-0 down to a championship side who we've got at home. I mean, if that isn't retrievable, then I don't know what is. But, JK... There is a but, isn't there? Yes, yes. If we if we approach the game with the same lack of commitment, yeah, and they they get us on the break in exactly the same way, I I I, I don't think we will get it back. Mm. And uh, once again, if they make the errors they made, and this time Palmer gets on the end of it and is more clinical, then the whole thing changes, and we're we're and and Poch is is um, reprieved. But um, I just think it's 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 how dismal the performances are is just and the degree of of ineptitude with the whole performance is the other thing. It's just so bad. They're playing so badly that um, I, I just you know you you come away thinking how on earth have we ended up in this situation with these Indeed. players playing so so abysmally against uh, a, a really average 
championship team who they should have put to the cleaners. I know. You know? Below, below average with 14 injuries. Yeah, I know, exactly. Yes, Look, yes, we've yes. Got, we've, got, we've got to go for a break because uh, our, our guest has arrived. So uh, let's yes. wrap that up. And uh, we will be back in a minute for part two where we will have an opposition view, which we all love doing. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, and it is the Friday night preview show. And I have with me, of course, uh, the uh, ravishing uh, Jonathan Kidd. Oi, oi. And the, the housewife's choice, the man, the legend, the Mr. Clayton Beerman. Beerman. Lovely to see you. Now, of course, it is now time for this. The Opposition View. That's right, it's the opposition view, and uh, I am delighted to welcome back uh, the absolutely fantastic Dom Betts from Fulhamish Podcast. Uh, of course, we know Dom from our old love sport days, don't we, Dom? Yeah, it's been been a while, Chish. It has. As we were saying just before, a lot has happened with, with both clubs. I think you've won the Champions League. Oh, God, had, yeah. It's been that a, long, a mental t- a, a mental takeover. We've gone down, we've come up, we've managed to finish in the top half. Yeah, it's been a been quite a mental few years, and I, I, it's very weird that we're for some reason the more positive team in Southwest Six for once. Well, indeed it is, indeed it is. I mean, that's that's going to ask you first up, really. Actually, what what do you think of your season so far? It's been a bit up and down, hasn't it? One seven, drawn five, lost ten, but you've had you know you, you've taken four points off Arsenal, I think, which is astonishing, and and you humped Forest and West Ham five nil, which completely ruined my Premier League predictions the, those respective weekends. But you lost to Burnley and Bournemouth. So, I mean, how does it feel at the moment being a Fulham fan with all of that going on? I think there is there is optimism at the club at the moment. It's, as I said, it's been a very weird season. We beat Everton on the opening day at Goodison Park, and we didn't play well at all in that game. We just we just sort of it was more of a smash and grab sort of game. And then I didn't I don't think we played that well until probably after November international break, and something clicked because you know Jimenez wasn't scoring, so people he was trying Muniz, he was trying Vinicius, but then. After that international break, sort of Kenny came back into the team a bit as well. And that's when we sort of started scoring goals because Jimenez got that goal just before the international break. We lost 2 1 to Aston Villa. And yeah, since then, obviously, we we, we put three past walls. Then we had to score three in the league game at Anfield, then had those two 5 nils, obviously. And then away at Newcastle just for Christmas, Jimenez had that stupid red card where he, I, I don't actually know what he was attempting to do. I think he, he realized I need to pull out of this, but he was still going to hit. Uh, long long staff anyway so he got the red card and then Willian got an injury and I think without Willian and Jimenez in the side we're, we're we're a lot worse that's why we lost those two games to Burnley and Bournemouth because you know Jimenez although he has sort of started scoring goals recently it's been more about you know him bringing other players into play than I think if when you have Willian on the left he has a great link up with Robinson whereas when he's out you've got Awobi playing out there and obviously, once he was back from Afcon, he's predominantly on the right-hand side. So, I think Silva, with the loss of Mitrovic, just finally sort of found a system that was been working. But it just took, you know, until November for it to work. But obviously, we're in the League Cup semi-final, so that's sort of been a good distraction from some of the dull sort of league displays we were getting in sort of September and October. Mm. 
I was going to ask you about William, actually. I mean, what, what do you make of him at the moment? I mean, he scored up at Anfield the other night. Great, a great classic William goal. Has he, has he, has he been good for you? Yeah, I think last season, I don't think he was necessarily better, but I think because no one really had any expectations of him after what we saw at Arsenal and then he went across to Brazil. But I yeah, think he, 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 was likes... doing, he was doing a job on Arsenal, mate. Trust me. He just went there to screw him yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know I mean, that. We all know that. And said so he's been brilliant for us, and he's, he is our mo. He's just, he's our best outlet going forward in in the sort of three behind the striker. And I think we're just. I think the team works off him quite well. I think he just seemingly fits into that system. Him drifting inside allows Robinson on the overlap quite a lot. Uh, yeah, I think he's one of our most important names on the team sheet. If you look after sort of Bert Leno and Jao Polina and Raúl Jiménez, I'd say. And he, you know, so I think yeah, Willian. I didn't. I obviously wanted to sign him for another season, but I was. I didn't know. You don't really know how long's left. But he seems to be enjoying his football. He. I think a lot. I think looking at him a lot of times, it looks like he's not caring, but he's still so good that he's such an important part to where he play. And as you saw, uh, that goal um, against Liverpool, he's 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 key. I don't think any of our other players really going to do that. You know, you saw the difference in quality when it comes to him and Bobby Reid, for example. I think Bobby Reid's a great player. Um, he's probably one of our best like, actual finishers, but I said the quality that Willian still possesses, and yeah, we're definitely a worse team without him in the team, hundred percent. He's a class act for me. Watched Fulham a few times this season. Think he's been great. I really think he's a uh, he's top player, um, who's um, uh, provides such an outlet for you on the left because he, he, not only is it just his beating plays, his his vision and positional play is just great. His some of his passes are. Are brilliant as well. I'm. I'm. I think it, it's. It, you're a better team with him playing, and I think Jimenez has been a revelation actually since he. he uh, um, as you say, it's not just about scoring, but he can score great goals. I'm so pleased for him because he's getting his form. He got his form back from from uh, before he's the kind of form he had before he was injured with the head injury. So it's a very wise signing by um, Silver actually to give him an opportunity. Uh, I think Fulham have been playing excellently. I was. I watched the whole of the. The Liverpool game during the week, and I thought they were excellent for the first twenty minutes. And then Liverpool just sort of come back in it a bit, and then start passing the ball really well. And in, in a sense, they were hanging on at the end, Fulham. But I don't think it's over by any means, actually, because uh, I think you've got a lot going for you. I think it, I think he's really getting it together, Silver. Really, really terrific manager. I, I've enjoyed watching them. I've enjoyed. I've got a soft spot for them anyway because I used to watch them with my dad. Um, um, when my dad used to support Chelsea one week and then watch Fulham the next week. But that was what you did early on. You didn't actually ever go away. You just you were just wandered up the road and watched the other team. If only we could hedge our bets nowadays, eh? Indeed, if only we could. But um no, I think there's some uh, there's some terrific players there as well. I think he's he's they're getting very relaxed playing with each other. They play like playing like a team in the way that Chelsea aren't at all as well. I'm I'm just impressed with the um uh the commitment and energy um, is is on occasions is, is inexorable. The performances against Arsenal were, were similarly were fantastic. I think having a fantastic season, and I'm I'm pleased for you. I think it's uh, it's great to see the evolution of the side. Actually, he's clearly a, a terrific manager. Yeah, how come Dom? They look so pony when we beat you two nil up 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 at yeah, Cottage then. That night. Yeah. I don't really know what happened. That's probably the worst we've played yeah. all season. I'd say because we we, um, we, except... we couldn't buy a win at the time. Yeah, uh, and it was it was it was a very weird weird game. Obviously, you got it was two goals quite quickly, and 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 the thing is with Fulham, if you if the opposition team scores the first goal, I I don't have to, apart from that Arsenal game this season. I think that's the only time we've come from behind to win a game this season. And I feel like in 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 the Fulham games, it's very 
important who scores the first goal. I think our win percentage is like so much higher when we get that first goal and it's so low when we get that first goal. And I think that's what happened in that game at Craven Cottage. But I think that was sort of at a, at a point where Silver hadn't quite ad- adapted and adjusted the system to what we've been playing this season. You know, I think it'll be a di- it'll be a different Fulham you face um, on on Saturday lunchtime because you know we are playing in a system that suits all the players you've got now. You know, I don't think he really knew what to do in that midfield area next to Jao Polina because obviously last season, predominantly who played there was Harrison Reed, where you got sort of a work engine with legs. Whereas now you're seeing Kearney play that deeper role, being the more creative player and providing help to whoever plays in the ten, whether that's a Wobi or Pereira, and linking up linking up well with um the wide players as well in Bobby Reed or Wilson or Willian as well. So I think we've got a much more settled team. We've got players who are, you know, performing, finally on form. I think him has, has got something in league-wise. It's like five and five and seven or five and eight. Um and and so as 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 Jonathan said, that, you know, it's that's what Jimenez needed. He just needed to get on that run of scoring goals. He scored against Villa just for the international break, but he started scoring after. And I think that's all he needed to sort of bring his confidence back. And, you know, for five million pounds, it's looking like a, a great bit of transfer business that Fulham did in the summer. And I think, I mean, I'm never, ever confident going into a game of Stafford Bridge anyway. I don't think we've won there in the league since about 1979. Spot but on. it's, it's... um You weren't yeah, even born then, mate. No, it was good 15, 16 years later. You know what? That, that um, 1979, that's when Chelsea really were rubbish, not the pretend rubbish that they are now. We were all there, mate. And it was horrible. Absolutely I said it. I think I think this is one of our... Obviously, there was the 0-0 last season, but this is one of our best chances that we're ever going to have to do it just because we are in a good run of form. Now, I know we lost to Liverpool, but, I mean, we, we played well in that game. We showed against Arsenal that we can, we can give it to a team. Because I think that Arsenal game really... There has been games where I've obviously seen Fulham beat top six teams at home and stuff, but it's the first time in a while that I've seen us beat a top six team and we thoroughly deserved the victory because we were the better team. It wasn't like a they got a red card and there was a smash and grab sort of in the last half hour. We were just complete... After they scored after five minutes, Fulham were the better team for the next 85. So I think tomorrow... And I think, I think it's a big... It's a massive game for Chelsea as well because... I think if you win that game, it sort of it starts pushing you into the race for a European place. Whereas if you end up losing it, I think we're only be like two points behind you or something. Yeah, so yeah. it's I think I think it's a I think it's a big game for them to sort of bounce back because if we lose this one, let's say our next game isn't for ten days and it's a second leg against Liverpool. You want something to hold on to to give you some confidence going into that game. So I think it's again yeah, it's actually a massive game for both teams on Saturday lunchtime. And yet you've only won once away this season. So as well as the bogey of not beating us since 1979, you've not won away. Well, you only won one away this season. Does that worry you a bit? It does, and and also that away game was on the opening day. And as I said, we didn't deserve to win that one. But yeah. we did. We we are a totally different team away from it. even even we've always we've always Fulham have always kind of been like that. Last season was like an anomaly. We won like seven away games in the Premier League, and I think in the 13 years we were in the Premier League, we probably only won about. 15 to 20 away games <laughs> going by my memory because we'd usually get our two or three away wins a season and we'd, we'd Crane Cottage would sort of be a fortress especially sort of under in the Roy Hodgson days you know the greatest gate when we finished 7th in the Europa League run um, so yeah away from home we haven't looked the best this season but I think it's important for us to have a, a strong start like we did against Liverpool just you know get get if, if Fulham score an only goal let's say you know the crowd's going to be going to be straight onto Chelsea's back and I think oh, that's yeah. something we need to sort of play on instead of allowing Chelsea sort of to have confidence into the game is go straight at them and 
just get, get a bit nervous and you because know, we we I think that's something that we need to do in this game is just go out and uh, instead of trying to maybe settle into the game is actually just start the game on the front foot and cause Chelsea some problems. But you, you think that they'll do that? They're not going to sit there and do the classic old low block, which we we never never managed to break down even against a shit Middlesbrough side, for example. No, I think it'll be quite similar to how we played against Liverpool on um, Wednesday tonight. Mm. Night, to be honest, I think we will we will try and play early on because. I think, although we, you know, we did concede those two goals to Liverpool. You know, the, 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 obviously the first one was deflected, and I feel like Silver, Silver, when, he, when he's been full of management, he's very good at uh, when when he goes in front, holding on to leads as well. And you know, the other the other day was probably one of the only times we've actually uh, lost from a winning position. So yeah, I think that's what that's what Silver might try get the early goal, then sit up in a low block. But I don't necessarily think he's going to. And even if he does sit up quite deep. He is going to want to be hitting hitting on a counter attack at every single opportunity because that's that's where I think he's going to find the space. And if he if speaking to all, all Chelsea mates and all Chelsea sort of home and away friends of mine, they're like, if a team comes out and actually has a high presses and plays against us, it's actually the games we actually play better in. If, I mean, if you look at Chelsea's games against the, the top six teams, they're, they're not actually that, that bad. No. It's the likes of playing like Nottingham Forest at home where with the team sitting back and hits you on a counter-attack really I think where Chelsea have seen their problems have seen so Silva might play into that but I think he's he's not I don't think he's thinking about that as such I think he just wants to try, try and try and get the victory because you know I think he's still got aspirations of trying to finish in the top 10 Yeah I mean if you score first that's uh, that is a problem for us because unless you keep going and try and score more because then we might get back into it but it, it seems to me that if we concede then we're done because a team will just sit back try and hit us on the break and, and A, we can't break them down. And B, we're susceptible to teams counterattacking us because we've got a, a defensive error in us. It's, uh, it's maddening at the moment. Um, before I ask for your prediction for the result, Dom, uh, just on the Caribou uh, Cup semi, I mean, you know, 2-1 down against Liverpool, you're still very much in it. Um, in spite of our misery and depression in part one about the match that we played up at Middlesbrough, we're only 1-0 down. That should be very retrievable against the championship side at home. Uh, so there's still a chance we might have a, a Chelsea v Fulham League Cup final. What would that mean to you, lot playing us lot in a, in a cup final? I, it's a, it's a weird one because I don't a lot. I personally don't want it because I'd just be worrying about the game for about a month. <laughs> it's like it's like because it, to Chelsea it's another just another cup final for us. It's our first cup final in 13 years. It'll be it would be it would be our first major trophy for it to win it. If we win it, it'll obviously get you get us into Europe for the following season, which is also probably something that Chelsea are looking at. The easiest route into Europe is probably actually winning the Carabao Cup. But whether you want to be in the Conference League or not next next season, that's that's still that's well, still we, we haven't we haven't won that one yet, so we'd be okay with that. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it would be, it is massive, and I think as you said, but both teams are still well in the ties, and I would have taken that result. Before the game, yeah. I, I, I said just don't be more than one goal behind, and I think we can turn it over. Because if let's say you went two 0 down and you get a consolation two one, but you're looking at the result completely different. Yet it's the same scoreline, and I think with the second leg being at Craven Cottage, you know we've got a history of when we when we have been playing sort of two leg and knockout ties, and the second the second leg has been at home. We have usually turned it around. You know you think of when we lost three one away to Juventus, beating four one in Europa League. Uh, if you look at the the Hamburg game in the semi final, the second leg was at Crane Cottage. Then I look at Derby when we went up in the playoffs in seventeen eighteen. We were one goal down in that tie. So we have got history of being able to turn it turn around knockout ties at Crane Cottage. And I think you know if they, if let's say we lost two one to Cottage and we're going to Anfield, I wouldn't be so confident. But I still I still think that you know us us playing 
us playing this weekend, I, I, I want to say it'd work in our favour that we get 10 days rest and we'll be fully prepared for that game. And then with Liverpool playing on the Sunday previous. So I think, again, we, we're both totally in the in, in these ties. And yeah, it'd be, I mean, the uh, the the tubes, the, the West Brompton to a Wembley line would be very interesting of the entirety of South West Six trying to get up to a Wembley on, on Cup final day. Well, it'd be, it would, I mean, I'd love it. I think it'd be absolutely brilliant. I mean, not least because I'd rather play you than Liverpool, obviously, but... You know, I think it would be great, absolutely great for both of us. And uh, I mean, I remember the last kind of really big match between us, which was the semi-final in 2002, and I went up went up to Villa Park for that, and that was uh, uh, that was great fun. I think I might have hit Jean Tigana with a lump of celery, but uh, that's <laughs> allegedly and not confirmed. I have to say, uh, a terrible match actually. But it was yeah, well, great, the funny, great fun. the funny bit of trivia, funny bit of trivia about um, Villa Park is so John Terry has only scored against Fulham at Villa Park. Yeah, so it was for you. In that cup semi final, yeah. and then when he played for us and yeah. Villa against us, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that was our last domestic semi final. Yeah. So it's been it's been a, it's been a long time coming, because um, you know often you know I mean we got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup last year, and then the whole head loss with Mitrovic, Willian, and Marcus Silva at Old Trafford. But yeah, this really feels like this is our best opportunity to mm-hmm. get to a final and potentially win the first proper major trophy. As much as I like to harp on about the Intertoto Cup, as much as I like, <laughs> you would be right though, Dom. Don, can I just ask you a question that, uh, not to do with the the the, the team, but um, why is the uh, the top tier of the stand, is it the middle tier of the stand, still unfinished? Is it because they went bankrupt? The uh, the firm. I I don't know exactly. So at the moment, you've got the entirety of the lower tier completely open, and then it's like the first two blocks either side closer the to the side, I mean, but yeah, yeah. But the middle bits aren't open. I I think it's got to do with the infrastructure within the stand because I've got a mate who's a Sparky and he got a message, a job message through saying 12 months worth of work still at Fulham's, Fulham's new ground or Fulham's new stand. Sorry. And I, I think it's got to do, I think it's got to do with the, it, the infrastructure behind the stand and the whole river walkway they're trying to implement. So I think it's to do with that. The, the seats and everything I think have been in, been in there for a while, but I think they've, in, they've put like, a commentary gantry up there, but that's about it. And, I I personally don't think it'll be ready until at least at the start of the 25-26 season. If for like season ticket holders to move in there, but I mean they probably cost about five thousand pounds anyway. So I don't know who's going to be buying them. Yeah, you, you, there's a oh. lot of bad shit, isn't there, guy? I mean, I, I quite often hear Tom Greatrex on the radio whinny, whinnying on about all this, but you, you know the the club are being shit, aren't they? Raising ticket prices, taking yeah. the piss, basically. Don, what's what's going on with all of that? Well, it's our season ticket prices are work out to be fairly decent, but it's this singular match tickets, which are like on, if, if you're a member, not seen to get the cost of fortune, you know, Arsenal, for example, Arsenal was about, if you want to say in Hammersmith end, it's still about 90 pounds, right? I bought three tickets for England's three group games at the Euros and they came to 77 quid altogether. I think that's showing the difference you've got with them and stuff. So, and then, yeah, like they're just, you know, if, if for the semi-final, I thought the club would want to try and get as many fans up to Anfield as possible. I thought they might put, you know, free coaches on us because they've done that in the past under obviously previous ownership. Nothing, nothing, nothing like that. I think out of all the semi-final tickets, ours was the most expensive. Yeah. Because I think our, because my, our, my, my ticket for the game against Liverpool at home, it was, it's 40 quid, which isn't bad. I'm not saying it's a bad, it's, it's horrendous, but it's still the most expensive out of every single club. And I think, the, the way they're seeing, I think it's because they're American owners and the whole the whole model is we just want bums on seats as opposed to proper Fulham fans, as, as opposed because you're going to, with a London club, um, you are, you just, you're, you are going to get tourists going. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially in the Premier League. And I think, 
you know, you don't, you won't necessarily notice it in regard to attendance numbers wise, but you def- you'll definitely notice it in regard to atmosphere because you're getting people who aren't like proper Fulham fans in the ground. They're not going to want to create as much atmosphere. And I think you're seeing that. I think you're seeing that countrywide. To be fair, you've seen Klopp moaning about the Anfield atmosphere. I think it's just, it's just, it's a way things are going with the price of tickets and stuff. No, which... pro- proper fans are being encouraged and priced out. That's the reality, isn't it? I mean. You know, you've you've had American owners for quite a while. Would it would it be right to say you're not a massive fan of them? Well, no, I've never been a fan of the Khans, Really, mm. I'm not saying they haven't put the money in. Like they they have invested in the training ground, obviously with with the new standard stuff. But there's plenty of, when it comes to like actually being a football club and what like the relationship with the fans. It's not been great. You know, they've they took over. We went down that season. This is the first time they've actually consolidated themselves as a Premier League club, and I think. You know, Shade Khan's always away. You've got Tony Khan, who's, I think he's director of football. I don't know what his actual role is. You've got him, who's, you know, he's got his All Elite Wrestling. He's got his Jacksonville Jaguars. And you've got Alison McIntosh, the CEO, who seems quite a vacant person and just seems to be, you know, they didn't, they, they, we, they Fulham had a protest in the Man United game, the game that was on Sky. And then the club, in the most recent Supporters Trust notes, thought, said the protests weren't helpful. So I don't, I don't think they're going to, be, they'll ever, they'll be changing their ways. And yeah, I've not, I've never been a huge fan of the Khans, but you can, I think whoever took over from the club was never going to get the same adjuration that Alfie did, considering where he took the club from to where he took them to. Interesting. Right then, my friend, uh, stick a number on uh, Saturday's match for us. Two-one Fulham. I'm going to get, I'm going I'm to be confident and uh, say we can finally get a win at Stamford Bridge after all these years. I admire your optimism, Dom, as I always have in the past. Now, how, how's the Fulhamish podcast going? Because it's, it's a bloody good podcast, I have to say. It's you lot do a fine job on that. Uh, how's it all going? It's going well. We're we're running on our, our usual two podcasts a week every Monday, sort of looking looking back at the previous match, and then you have got the Thursday club with usually Sammy and Jack Collins with uh, Peter Rutzler from the who's Fulham's report from the Athletic, sort of looking at any 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 sort of different stories so stuff that's come from the supporters trust or any sort of transfer business and things like that and then we we we, we always have a little reaction on our youtube channel as well after each game i was on talk sport very early this morning with greg rossiter george rossiter oh yeah george rossiter yeah george yeah yeah who's one of your boys isn't he yeah, we frankly we we have got we've got we got we got a pool, so we don't have to get the same. Uh, you mean you got a squad, mate? You got a squad? Yeah, yes. we got we got squad we got we got squad depth now. It's not just yeah. me, Sammy, Jack, and Farrell trying yeah. to comp together to do the podcast. Well, it's just like us, then, mate. Dom, lovely to see you. Obviously, say hello to Sammy for us, and uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on. It's always great to see you. Hopefully, we'll see you. Uh, I can't remember when we've got you. Uh, at home in the league. Oh, tomorrow's silly ass. What was I thinking of? I was thinking of the cup match uh, at Wembley. Hopefully we'll both get there and we'll get you back on then. Yeah, that'll be great, guys. Lovely stuff. Well done. Well done, Dom. Fantastic. Brilliant, Dom. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon, mate. You take care. See you soon, guys. Have a good one. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. 
NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. It's Stamford Chidge, and it's the Friday night preview show with Mr. Jonathan Keane. Aloha. How you doing? All right, that was good. He was very good. He's he was. Good. I, I feel a bit... I, I, I'm not as grumpy as I was earlier on. He's lightened my mood somehow. I don't know why. What, with his prediction of a Fulham win? Well, I just... I like Dom. Dom was great fun when we were... He used to be one of the producers at Love Sports. He was. I know. Yeah, he was, he was always fun. I know. I know. He's a oh. lovely bloke. And he's... Do you know what? He's a great mate of... Do you know, I don't know if you know Kunal. Clayton will know. Sorry. Oh, we've also got Clayton Beerman on the show. Forgotten man. Hello. Hello. Uh, you know, you know Kunal, don't you? Do I? Yeah, I think you do. He's in our cock or no cock WhatsApp group and uh, massive England fan. And uh, he and Dom are great mates in the in the little I can't remember what they call their England group, but uh, they're always going to uh, to England matches together. So yeah, Dom's a good guy. Right, it's now. Uh, I should really uh, do a very quick plug for uh, ye old CFC UK, shouldn't I? Because I forgot to do it at the end of that part. But. Uh, um, CFC UK new issue out. You'll be available. Look, you will be able to get it tomorrow before the match uh, by going to the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway, or of course by walking along Fulham Road and listening to your luggles as somebody will go, "Hurry up! It's only a pound." Uh, and you can read my article. I can't remember what I wrote about now. Oh yeah, bad business. Connor Gallagher. I've written about Clayton. What's yours? I haven't read it yet. So what, what's yours on? Uh, the folly of the players that we've let go and what we could have had. Oh, like it, like it. I should look forward to reading Mo- that. Mostly, mostly a lot, a lot to do with youth players. I know it's all hypotheses. I think, I can't remember which particular crap game at home I wrote it after. Uh, I think it might have been the Chef U game. Mm. And I was just making the point that the team that we had out against Chef United and then the team that we could have had out, have we not let all the players sort of a lot of the youngsters go and how in essence how much of a difference it would have been mm, okay look forward to that one as well as many of the other writers there mark from this parish dean from this parish also write for cfc uk so a lot of us uh, are in there writing stuff um if you can't get to the game, don't worry. You can subscribe to it for a year. It's 20 quid in the UK, 45 quid in Europe, 60 quid in the rest of the world. Uh, and you get a hard copy sent to you in the post. Or if you just want a, a PDF emailed to you, £6 for a year or a pound each. And, of course, you can pay via PayPal. And if you email fanzine at cfcuk.net, it will all be sorted out for you. Now, while you're at it, 
Uh, you should go and buy a Chelsea pitch owner's share. If you don't know why by now, having listened to this show for years, then I wonder why. Uh, but uh, obviously it gives you some clout. And considering there's going to be you know, debates about what we do with the ground soon, this would be a good time to buy a share. They're about 110 to 180 quid, depending on what kind of share you get. Uh, so go to ChelseaFC.com and search for Chelsea pitch owners and go and buy one. You won't regret it. Right, it's time for us to preview the uh, Chelsea versus Fulham, Fulham Rangers match tomorrow. Uh, or Fulham Jaguars, we should call them, really, shouldn't we? That's probably where they'll end up. Like, uh, we'll be uh, Chelsea Dodgers, won't we? Or something wanky like that one day. Or LA, LA, LA Chelsea London Dodgers. Who ah, fucking ah. knows? Hopefully I'll be long fucking dead by then. Anyway, uh, first of all, uh, we start with JK on the presser. We need a jingle for that. We need a jingle for that too, don't we? JK on the presser. Da, 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 da. It's the presser. Yeah, that, was... that works. I'll, I'll snip that out and we'll use that. Could, right. could you use put, that? Put Thanks. a sound bed under it, you know. We'll yeah, be fine. yeah, perfect, perfect. All right, love. All right, love. Um, um, he, wore a, he wore his baseball cap and, um, and he had a little figure on his desk, um, which he said was, it was totally incomprehensible. He was strangely incomprehensible. Um, uh, on a, a bit like the team's performance on Tuesday, mm. then. Very similar, very similar. Um, but he was happy. He was perky, which I found um, slightly annoying, I have to say. Because <laughs> um, I wanted him to be um, sackcloth and... Sackcloth? Sack, sackcloth, if he was French. Sackcloth and ashes. And, um, you know, saying, yes, we, mu- we must do better. But he didn't do any of that. He didn't say that. It was all self-justification and... Um, um, uh, it's only 90 minutes, he said, of the uh, Middlesbrough game. And as Caicedo had said to him, Caicedo said, well, oh, lots of people lose at Borough <laughs> and we are still alive. And apparently Brighton lost at Borough last year. So uh, that's all right. Then. It's all right then. Yeah. yeah, that was the justification for thanks, it. Thanks, Moises. Yep, And he said, um, it's only the first half. We are still alive, he said. Um, uh he won't be if they fucking lose the next game. He certainly won't be. And then they said, yeah. he was asked a question and he said um, uh, about specific games, he said, every single game is like a final. But if that's the case, why did we play in the last one as if it was a championship league game rather than a final? Um, and he actually said, we are going to be successful here, no doubt. Well, you know, I like your optimism, but fucking hell, when's that going to be? Um, and he, the end said the wonderful, get, wonderful line, the most important because he doesn't say the most important thing, which I don't understand, but obviously it's a Spanish thing. The most important is to win games. And I wanted, if I was there, I'd have said, no shit, Sherlock. Fucking hell. Um, uh, He was asked whether or not there were any transfers coming in. And he said, the club were all in conversation to do what is good. Um, All in context, we'll decide our best, whatever the fuck that means, we will decide our best. Um, uh, now, he was asked about the silver situation when silver went up to the players who weren't happy, uh, when silver went up to the, the, the um, supporters who weren't happy with the fact that only four players went over. And he said, um, uh, I'm confused. It wasn't anything to do with our fans at all complaining about anything. It was it was fans against Borough fans. That's bullshit. And, and bullshit. bullshit. And he, the bloke with him, the the press conference um, bloke he sits next to said, um, 
yes, that's exactly right. And he said, yes, so I don't know what you're talking about. It's bullshit. Complete bullshit. People who were fucking there said exactly what was going on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he what, what the he fuck's managed, going on, mate? He managed to bypass that completely. Um, but his press guy was backing them up. Yeah, I mean, not just that. If if the line yeah. which it was after the match was there was a bit of argy bargy going on with Middlesbrough fans, which I don't didn't see any evidence of at I all. I didn't see any of that either. Then no, that's no. quite slanderous on Middlesbrough. Yeah, they should fucking be careful. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But it was a kind of keep. It then you know disappeared into into Spanish inconsequential, incomprehensible, incomprehensible language. Um, we should all be terribly pleased because Sanchez is apparently running. He was very pleased about that. Yeah, oh yeah. He, 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 he runs a lot in a game, doesn't he? He does. Uh, very hey, useful. Yes, What's his exactly. fucking kicking and passing like? That's what we need to know. Um. Oh. Uh. uh what do we? We need to work. We need, yeah. He said that we need to work to get a get a result. We need to work to get a result, which is you know bollocks. And he then said a bizarre thing. Um, uh, um, classes to see. Um, I know this. Is, I've, I've I've gone the wrong order actually. Of this, I'm sorry. Um, right. it was, nobody will know. <laughs> nobody will know at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he said. He wanted to say that they were being clinical, but he didn't understand how to say that we were being clinical. And he said, we must go to the clinica. And uh, I'm surprised nobody said to him, no, you actually mean you you're, you want the team to be more clinical. But, but he actually said, we need to go to the clinica. He said it twice. Do you know why? Why? To go and get um, a, a an order of crap cream. Ah, for the, for the fact that there's so Because they've got the crap. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, from a player's point of view, is very happy because he said um, uh, chili and 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 annoyingly he said Badia Chile, which um, which completely confused me because his name is, as we know from our French speakers, is Badia Chile, but um, he called him Badia Chile. So perhaps he's been listening to the chant of uh, of Todd Todd Bowley going to um, uh, all the way across the continent to get hold of him in a in a. In a Lamborghini. In a Lamborghini. Get bad. Yeah, he, he was very confusing because he kept saying, "I'm very pleased because Ben is back and Chile." Yes, 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 he did. And then he was, and I was going, mm, "They're the same yeah. person." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then yeah. he was saying, "Oh, then he, then he, th- I think he meant." Badia Shield, and they obviously call Badia Shield Ben. Ben, they do, yes. Yeah, and do. Chili and Ben. Yeah, and yeah. That's exactly. I was thinking, yeah, you've got that completely right. Absolutely right. Um. And Nkunku apparently is being um, uh, They're very concerned, aren't they? About... Yeah, yeah. But Chalaba is working with the group; is doing well, um, and we'll see if he can help us. He said, "Well, that would be by, nice by raising lots of money." <laughs> but yeah, he said Nkunku was had a, more of a setback. Um, so uh, now we are disappointed. He said, "Well, yeah, okay. What does that mean? It means he's fucked himself again." Um, he made a bloody uh, glass, another one. And he said, Matson to Dortmund, a good move because he will play more. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, not for us, he won't. No, he won't. He won't. For um, fuck's sake. Um, and he says, a very good spirit in the squad. Um, um, and he said that um, uh, we are Chelsea. He said that on several occasions. And we cannot afford to lose. Well, yeah, fucking right. Yeah. Um, uh, and we need to feel pressure to perform. And Fulham are a very good team. It'll be tough. And I suddenly thought, this is Potter territory. 
Um, but yeah, well, he's, um, not, he's not wrong, though. No, indeed, indeed, indeed. Very different challenge to Craven Cottage, he said. Very different game. Well, fucking hell, we could have told him that. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the uh, that's the essence of Thank the podcast. Thank you. There we go. JK watches the presses so we don't have to. And my God, do we thank him for that. Um, just just a quick, actually a couple of things that are not on the script because you know I like to deviate sometimes. The players who went over to the fans uh, after losing to Middlesbrough were Alfie Gilchrist, Connor Gallagher, Levi Colwell, Armando Brozier, Thiago Silva and Raheem Sterling. What I think is more interesting, I think two things are interesting in that. One, those four players plus Thiago and Raheem all from the academy, therefore get what it's about, that you go up to the supporters and applaud them. Tiago and Raheem being around football are long, long enough to understand the culture, and that's what you do. So none of those new fuckers could be bothered. I'm disappointed that P- Cole Palmer didn't go. I think he was embarrassed. He he went straight down the tunnel at the final whistle, and yeah. I think I th- I, I, I'm going to give him a pass because I, I think the fact, and JK picked up on the fact, he just didn't turn up in the second half. I think he was. I think he was completely devastated. Yeah. He knew how much he'd fucked up, and I, I, I give him a pass on that. Um, but not the, the others. others. No, and 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 what I actually thought was, I, I, I listened. I heard Jim White and Simon Jordan, and they were basically, you know, they they were saying, oh well, you know, why why should the players go over there afterwards, you know? You know, if you pay your money to go, you can't expect them to come. If they don't come over, that you know, it's just hard. Well, the, the day, sorry, Clayton, but the day that Jim White, that sanctimonious Scottish prick, and Simon <laughs> Jordan ever understand anything about fan culture is the day that I shoot myself. It is. I, I just, I mean, thankfully, Danny Murphy was there, which I, is another phrase I thought I'd never say. Um, <laughs> it's a day of first today, isn't it? Yeah, and 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 he said, you know. That's what you do. You go over. He said, sometimes you don't want to because you know you haven't, you know, performed well, but you should go over there. Yeah. I mean, it's just... And frankly, the manager should be kicking them up the arse to get over there if they don't want to. But he, you know... That, that, the norm that, now. Sorry. Perhaps I, I think that's um, that's a thing. And, I, you know, not here to beat Posh up, but I don't think he gets it. I don't think, you know, I, I think Conte got it. Tuchel got it. Frank obviously got it. Potter and, and Poch are just, they're here for the job. They're not, they, I can't see that they're invested in the club. Emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good I point. Say, Chidge, that every other team uh, makes a, an enormous play out of going to their, their supporters uh, at the end of the game. Home or away, it's a big thing now. Yes, it blood. Well, no, it's always been a big thing. Well, but even more so, I get the impression even more so, even when a team loses. Preston, I know they would because it's a an away day for them. But every other team has gone up to their fans, and also it's because they're they're just very um, in your face because of the the way that the uh, the the stand that they're in, they're in the uh, the shed end. But it seems to be much more of a proactive thing now than it ever was. Where they all do a chant, or they all do a song, or they all they all slide into the whatever. There's something always going on, and the fact that we have, in a desultory fashion, six of the players wander over and clap 
And also the other thing is lots of them, even away who do go over, only get to the halfway line and then they disappear. Or there seems to be a kind of 25 yard no no entry zone that they won't cross to come up to the away fans, which I find disappointing. But I have to say it's frequently when we've lost abysmally. So perhaps it's um, it's an embarrassment thing, as I said. Perhaps they're just slightly disappointed in their performances. But, you know, we're willing to forgive them if they come over and 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 thank us for the effort we've made for going to watch them away. And this is Middlesbrough on a Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah. There are people yeah. who had to stay up. There are, yeah. It was fucking cold because it always is in Middlesbrough. There were people where the trains fire. I mean, I, I, I know this, but I'll just reiterate what Nathan said on, on, the, on Mixler, that um, there was some lad who got stuck on a train cracked on and finally got let in just before injury time he saw six minutes of the game yes so he's prepared to put that effort in why the fuck can't they go and applaud us for doing that absolutely in fact what happened was was large numbers of them failed to make it because somebody jumped off a bridge yeah at newark and uh, they had to wait for the police to do the investigation and um, some of them went on and as you say got there with six minutes to go and others just turned around and got the train back because and indeed, it would only have been six minutes to go. So uh, uh, because they were offered the opportunity to go back to King's Cross. But um, uh, yes, so uh, knowing that was the case, I'm sure they would have known that was the case, that some of the supporters were going to be late or not going to be there. They should have all gone up and applauded the uh, the effort made. All of them. Should, it, it, and, it, and, you're, and you're right, Chidge, that, that's, that's on the manager. Yeah. Well, it is. But I, I have to be honest with you, chaps. And I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here, but I can remember for most of my time on the trust, certainly as the chairman, the number of times I had to ring up Steve Atkinson, who was the director of comms at the time, and complain because the players weren't coming to applaud either the away, well, particularly the away fans, but also sometimes the home fans. And we used to say to him, you need to get it across to the manager and the players that this is what has to happen. So I was always getting in his ear about that. So this is not a new issue. And this has been going on with a lot. I think it has more to do with the manager that you have. You know, I mean, you'd never get away with it on Jurgen Klopp's watch, would you? He wouldn't no. allow that. Uh, Conte, Mister Mister Passionate, he wouldn't he wouldn't let that happen. Jose never really let that happen unless he was sulking himself. Uh, Tuchel, I think, certainly would make sure they did that. So I think it depends a lot on who the manager is. So maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a cultural thing. You know, who knows? But uh, we should move on, really, because I know that JK is getting very... You can see the angst from uh, the TV screen that I have here with his little face on it because he's waiting desperately for his favourite moment of the week, which, of course, is JK. They played for both. No, it's not they played for both. You had a 50-50 shot at it. What's the other thing that is also your favourite thing of the week? Oh, 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 my favourite thing. Oh, it's the... um... Uh, it's your team selection, Chidge. Yeah, you've already ruined it for me because you've admitted that it's not your favourite thing, but I shall just let that pass, all right? Okay. No, 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 I was being hi- highly ironic about it. I know, I know. You, they played for you were giving me some irony. Yeah, I, 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 irony. 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 Irony, yeah. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, okay, I've bitten the bullet. Uh, Gusto is my left back. Colwell is my left centre back. Petrovic is my goalie. Silva is my right centre-back. Alfie Gilchrist is my right-back. Uh, now, what I've done with the midfield, I've kind of thought about it. 
uh, and I had no idea that you two were going to say this tonight about, uh, you know, Caicedo and Fernandes being too similar. Although one of you did say, what's he doing up there? But I've actually decided that Caicedo and Gallagher are arguably a much better two than Fernandes and Caicedo. And I think Fernandes likes to get forward. Um, so I've decided to give him a chance, make him, you know, effectively the number 10 role, really, but in the midfield, the furthest advanced midfielder. <clears throat> I've got Palmer on the right because we know he's been very effective there. I've got Brozier in the middle because he is a striker. He did score an excellent goal against Preston, which looked like a striker and a striker's goal. Just persist with him. He's all we've got at the moment. And fuck playing some idiot number fucking false nine. It doesn't work. Now, the controversial thing, possibly, is that I've got Sterling starting on the left. Um, yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, I'm I'm falling into the same trap that I said that Poch falls into every week, which is he picks him because he's thinking it's Ryan Sterling. He's a goal scorer. He's a creator. He's got, you know, all that experience. He's done it before. He's got... 60 odd England claps or whatever it is surely he will deliver for me he's my man my goat and I've fallen into the same trap and when you were telling me about that earlier on in part one I was thinking oh my god what have I done <laughs> you know so I don't know maybe shove Madoek, uh, M- uh, Mudrick in there instead but but Mudrick was hopeless I know I know therein hopeless. lies the problem therein lies oh, the problem God, could Madueki play on the left well, he's left-footed, isn't he? Well, maybe shove him out there then. But, I mean, he was pony as well. This he the, was. This is the trouble that we've got. So, that's my team. I'm sticking with it. What do you think, Clayton? Um, I think there's no way that Gilchrist is playing. I think that... Do you think he should? Yeah. Well, no. Because I, I basically think that... Gusto is our best right back and put him at right back. And then you're going to say, who should we play at left back? And I'll say, I haven't got a clue. Yeah, it'll be Cole um, again. Yeah. Um, well, possibly, but I mean, you just don't want that. And I, I don't know why, but Disazi gets picked. So I think Disazi is more likely to play than Cole will if, if that was the case. Um, I He's another extraordinary purchase got absolutely no idea why we bought him apart from the fact that he used to play with Badia Shield um at Monaco because he just looks bang average in my opinion I don't think he's any better than anything that we had there before and surely the purpose of the transfer is to get better not stay where you are uh midfield I think entirely correct and you're probably right um up front as well I mean you couldn't say, I mean, this is down to the players and not down to Poch, but not one of Madueke or Mudrik make a case for themselves that they're undroppable. I mean, Mudrik on Tuesday, it was, it was just pointless when he came on. I just despair. You can see that I don't know, you can see this. There is something there, but when is it ever going to turn up? I just don't, you know, I don't know. He didn't know what to do. I'd send him out on loan, but who the hell's going to take him? Send him on loan to Arsenal. I'd send him on loan just to basically see if he's any good. Yeah, I know. 
I know. I know. It's fucking mad, isn't it? JK, what do you reckon of my little selectioni? I think Chilwell will play left back. Oh, fuck no. Don't bring him back straight away. Please, no. He'll, he'll get injured. I tell you, if he starts Chilwell, he'll be off after 15 minutes. I fucking guarantee it. I know he doesn't normally do that, but I think he will. Christ. I think he will. Right. And I think he'll bring him back. Then we'd have Gusto on the right. And I think he'll play... Um, um, uh, Silver and um, Desazi, because I don't think he's noticed that he's complete shit. Um, but um, oh, no, no, because he can play right back because he had Mbappe in his pocket. When, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's Apparently. the reason that he was yeah very pleased with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, the three will pick themselves: Casido, Gallagher, Fernandez. Um, um, I don't know. I think he's got a problem with Broya because oh, he, he's not he, alone. He's, He's not alone, but like I mean, Broya's got a problem with Broya. He has. He, he's quite rude about him because yeah. he keeps saying, you know, his mentality's wrong, and he's got to believe in himself. But and you he's said not much the same earlier on. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Do, do you not think there's an element of like he's being dictated to by the medical staff, and and potentially the reason why he didn't start on Tuesday is because the medical staff say he can't. He's not fit enough to play two ninety minutes in a row. Or maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe because he did in fact echo that the other day at the press conference. He said he's he's um he's got he hasn't got over his injury yet. He said. I mean, I I heard and I can't remember where I heard that Nkuku was fit weeks before he he got anywhere near the substitutes bench, and they were basically so worried about him injuring himself, which is ironic considering where he is now. Yeah. So I do I do think that you know whereas there is all this stuff about analytics i think this whole injury thing but to be fair we aren't the only ones are we you look at the whole premier league and everybody's got injuries all over the place these players they're just overworked yeah too many games covid the world cup uh has fucked it for a lot of players i think we had a quite an interesting uh, debate about on the show i think it might have been uh, last week actually clayton we don't know why we went down that alley but we did and it, it, there's so many potential. I mean, the, the, my favourite one is the fact that VAR has contributed to this as well because the the number of lengthy stoppages you get in the game, and of course the players don't do anything. They're not like warming down at all or warming back up. Yeah, they just yeah, stop, yeah. mill around, and then straight back into it. And that, of course, is exactly when you're going to pull a muscle. Yeah, well, I hadn't thought about that. That's quite a valid point. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, Nathan's uh, Mr. Statman, I love Nathan. He says, with 332 serious injuries the past two seasons, why are we listening? Oh, are you, are you, the 332 figure, Nathan, is that a, a Nathan fact or a fact fact? You'll, I know you'll tell me. Uh, why are we listening? What? Is, to, what? is it 33.2? I don't know. He says, it says 332 here. I can't believe it's that many. But uh, well, I couldn't either. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I thought, I thought our medical department was a bit shonky, having got rid of all of the the old the old ones under the Abramovich re- regime. But uh, uh, yeah, Nathan says that might be a lie. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no shit, Nathan. There we go. I think he may drop Sterling again because he did it after his dreadful performance the other week. Put him on the naughty step. Yeah. After the um, the shocking miss against was it Wolves? Um, I think he'll. Um, I think he may. Attempt to play Mudrick from the beginning, but, but, but <laughs> not that you. I've got. Not thank you. Not that I've got much hope that it's going to change anything. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think it'd be Mudrick, Broya, 
once again, he may do what he did before. He may not play Breuer from the start. Maybe Palmer going through the middle again. Um, they've they've just taken uh, the other Fofana back, haven't they? Um, from Union, whether that's to attempt. He's got, he's, no, he's gone on. Burnley. He's gone off on loan again, has he? Oh, okay. Burnley. Where's Where's uh, General Washington gone? <laughs> I don't think he's gone anywhere. He's still around. Because they've used up all of their overseas loans. Yeah, because Matson's gone, isn't he? So uh they brought Fafana back. So maybe uh maybe Washington uh I should call him Gino, actually. I prefer Gino Washington. Uh yeah, good. yeah so Gino, maybe he'll start. That'll be fun to see if he's any good or not. Hmm. That should be, be his chant if it, he ever becomes a Gino, 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 Gino. Yeah, it's a great song. Like a bit yeah, of Dexies, great. like yeah. a bit of Dexies. There we go. That's my team anyway. We'll see what happens at half past 11 tomorrow morning. Now, um, talking about the match, the remarkable thing is, is our home form is rather good recently. Um, we haven't lost at home uh, since October, which I believe was Brentford. So we've strung together quite a few wins. Um, whereas Fulham's, uh, you know, away oh, form, as I said, is pitiful. I mean, they've won uh, one away match all season. They've drawn three and lost six. And they haven't found the net in at all in each of their three league counters on their travels to teams placed between ninth and 14th ahead of this round so uh it's got it's got nil nil written all over it uh i have a feeling that won't be the case i just can't believe that but you know that is something to uh to to think well that's a good thing we've not lost to fulham at home in the league since 1979 as we were saying to dom so those things off i mean i spoke to kerry about this earlier and he he, he, he said oh yeah yeah footballers like that kind of thing they do they kind of latch on to those things so um however this one's going to depress us all thoroughly our poor recent record in London derbies. Out of the last 15 London derbies, we've won four, drawn four, and lost seven. That's pretty shit, isn't it? I, I, I didn't have the time to go and find out what the record was, but I can put money on the fact that most of those four that we've won have been against Spurs. That's all I can say on that. But I will go and research that. And, of course, if we do win on Saturday... Uh, we could go above Man U, Newcastle and Brighton into seventh, if only temporarily, if any of those win. So, you know, as Dom was saying, it's important for to us for that reason. Like we were saying on last week's show, you know, when, or the week before, you know, we are not we are not a million miles away, thankfully, because all the teams directly above us have been quite shit as well in their own little way. I mean, this is the maddening thing, isn't it, JK? We just have to put some form together win some matches back to back or more you know and we might sneak in that's all it requires we are not far we're far off top four but we could get you know fifth sixth seventh if we could only get a few wins together and not do two steps forward five steps back it's so completely unpredictable chidge isn't it we can't we can't say they're playing really well so that's going to happen because then they'll put in a performance like the one they did midweek so uh, it's you cannot predict anything with this side at the moment, and in fact, the my my immediate reaction, my my um, knee jerk reaction, would be that we'll get stuffed at the weekend. Whereas mine is more positive, actually, because when we've had a stinker, we've often come back the next week, the next match, and done all right. 
Well, and occasionally not. More often than not. And I mean, you know, our home form recently is good. And this is Fulham. And I, I take Dom point Dom's point on board quite seriously, actually, because, you know, they were pony when we played them back whenever it was up at their place. Uh, and we were quite comfortable 2-0 winners at a time when we could not buy a win. Um, but as as Dom's pointed out, they've kind of got it all together and they've clicked recently. So that that for me, Clayton, is a bit of a worry that you know they are they are in you know they're they're in decent form even though the stats don't necessarily prove that. Clayton, sorry, I I was just choking um, with despair. <laughs> oh, I I. I do agree that we have actually, when we when we've actually put in a stinker, we do normally put in a better performance. But my biggest concern is the fact that twelve thirty kickoffs atmosphere is just yeah. dead at the bridge. I mean, even more so than it, it normally is, and and I just think it will be quite a turgid affair because I think that it's difficult for for teams to get up in that sort of atmosphere it's it's not it's not a great kickoff time it really isn't horrible um so yeah i i mean they're no great shakes i mean we you know they're, they're below us and anybody below us has got to be fairly pony to be perfectly honest i i, I think that you know you look at the premier league and and it's full of a lot of very very average teams I mean, Man United and, and Newcastle are, are both above us, and they're both bang ordinary. Um, Brighton, they're not pulling up any trees. I mean, we've won as many games as Brighton have this season. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be quite. A, I haven't asked for predictions, but I, I, I suspect it's going to be a pretty turgid draw tomorrow. Nil, nil, one, one. Any and all of the above. Mm, yeah, what do you reckon, Squire? Uh, one 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 one. Well, I I mean, you know, I'm sticking with two one, which is as we all know is my go. It's my Premier League predictions go to when I don't have a Scooby, but I still want Chelsea to win. So I am going to go two one. But I I just kind of think that that this this is as 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 uh, Mr. PC says they, they are consistently inconsistent, and you know I can I mean look. I don't know. I I hope that in some way Poch gave them an absolute, you know, shellacking after Tuesday night for their profligacy and their slowness of play and their bloody awful mistakes. So I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what he what he does to get in their heads? Somebody needs to. But I don't know. At home, you know, they often turn it around after a very bad result. I'm just hope. I'm just hopeful that we'll get a two-one. But I, I am worried about Fulham because I think they're. You know, I mean, they beat they beat Arsenal two one at home, but then that was at home. So you know, it's it's tough. To, it's a tough one to call. It really is. Not least because we don't know what Chelsea will turn up. But I am going to go for two one. Although uh, Clayton's reminded me it's half twelve kickoff, so that's not ever really too good for us. But or us really, because uh, it means we haven't had long in the pub, so we actually notice what's going on. But there we go. Right. Let's hope they pull it out. Now, we all know what it's time for now. It's your it's your second favouritest thing in the show on a Friday, JK. Oh, what's that, Chidge? I can't think what it must be. Oh, my God, it's they played for both. It is indeed. Now, I have high hopes for this because, um, 
you know, you are uh, the grand dame of the Chelsea fan cast, you two. So your memory stretch back a bit further. So where I'm looking at 60s players going, I have no idea who, who that is, and JK will know. I have high hopes. Now, uh, 48 players have represented both Chelsea and Fulham during their careers. 48. Now, out of that 48, I reckon... Well, I have heard of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, oh 27, 28. I've heard of 29 of them. Oh, So God. I expect you to, to get 29 of them. The other, oh. the other 19 of them uh, I would give you a pass on, and I would be very impressed if you got any of those. So there we go. Off you jolly well go. Roy Bentley. Yes. John Harley. Yes. Um, it's all come okay, to the first. The first one that I actually thought of um, was Perry Digweed. Yes. Well done, there, yeah, Clayton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, you got William. Yes. Teddy Maybank. Yes. Well done. Well done. Um, yeah. And somebody who you might not know or even remember is i'm i'm sort of going early because i can't remember more than about five of them is um nathaniel chaloba is there he is he was there last week too wasn't he Jay? Was as well yeah and um, there was a center half they had playing for them who played for 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 um blackburn as well i can't remember his name um okay so the, the other center half that i thought of was paul parker yeah uh I th- no, did Mal Donachy never play for Fulham, did he? No. Nope. Okay. Um, I know that everybody's like screaming now at the at their in Mixler. It is pathetic. The complete and utter brain freeze you get whenever you do. Oh, a uh, Ray Lewington. Yeah. Well done. Yes, absolutely. Um, Gordon Davis. Yes. Oh wow, Clayton! Well done, brilliant. Uh, uh, I keep wanting that you've you've said John Harley. I, I I don't know why I keep thinking fullbacks. Me neither. <laughs> okay. Um, oh no, there's there's one, definitely one that I can see. Of recent times. Of recent times. Uh, put it this way, he's Winchester's second favourite son, after me, obviously. Not Chris Hutchings. No, that's not a bad guess, because he's Winchester's third favourite son. Okay. Um, he scored a fucking great goal. Not at the San Siro, though. No, not, not Dennis Wise. It was, yeah. Okay. It's, it, on, it, it sent us into the Euros. Sense of the Euros? Yeah. It was mm. goal. Okay. Um, was the, you're not helping me here. Irvin. Irvin? No. No. Okay. Uh, he had a bit of a um, an issue with JT's uh, domestic habits. Oh, Wayne Bridge. Well Bridge. done. Good clue. Well, I thought the first one was a good clue. clue. Clearly not. JK's favourite ever goalkeeper when it comes to they played for both. 
Dave Besson. Very good, JK. Did Dave Neil... Besson? Did... Yep, he plays for everybody apart from when he doesn't. Did Neil Sullivan play for them? Uh, nope. Uh, one of uh, one of the best ever. Ah, uh, D- Damien Duff. Damien Duff. Of course. And um, oh god, what was that? Ginger guy from Reading. <laughs> uh, Chelsea's the... number nine. Chelsea's number nine. Chelsea uh, fan. Uh, Sid well. Well done. Well done. Sid well. Stevie Sib, well, Chelsea number nine. I'm. Ju- I don't. I don't know, and I don't. I can't actually ever remember. But I did. Clive Walker play for Fulham. Nope. Oh, of course, there's John Dempsey. Yes, that I was about to say. The, arguably the best ever haircut a Chelsea player has ever worn. And I knew hey, Max, Max Wall, the yeah. biggest comb over, the biggest comb over. Maxi Wall, ever. Uh, he did look like Max Wall, didn't he? He did. Uh, this guy, uh, as another defender, uh, who uh, is legendary for two things. One was a great tackle, nay, foul. And the other was a very poor tackle, definitely a foul. And it fucked it up for us. Really? Yes. Play for full? Yes. I don't remember that at all. So I've got cool. another. I've got another goalkeeper. Have you? Uh, yeah, Jerry Payton. Yes, Clayton. I remembered. You're doing very well. You, you've got all of the ones that you, you know, the ones I said that you, you will know. Did, did Sherlock go to Twilham? He did. Yes, he did. Well done. Well oh, done. God. Well done. There's one that you really you'll kick yourselves if you don't get this one because he was a recent loanee. To Fulham, and uh, actually, on the strength of that, we got him back. This is a few years ago. The great hope of Chelsea's midfield. Kekron. No. Uh, he had a brilliant season. Well, yeah, he is on the list. So. That's uh, I'll give you that one, but this lad, Della, his best season was under Sarri. Oh, uh, Ruben. Yes, Ruben Loftus Cheeky. Oh, of course. God, my my mate hated him playing for Fulham. He thought he was dreadful. Uh, yes. This guy made his name for scoring a goal against Tottenham for us. Midfielder. Had a massive shot. An absolute. It was a, a bloody hummer, you know, it was twenty thirty yarder. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Nineties, nineties. Paul, Paul Parker. You've already got oh, Paul. Paul Parker. Um, Scott Parker. Uh, it is Scott Parker, but that's not not who I was referring to. Danish. Bjarni no. Goldbeck. Bjarni Goldbeck played for. I don't remember him playing for Fulham. Um. This guy, I can't believe you haven't got. Although, I have to be honest, I forgot completely that he'd gone there. Um, Did Bjarni Goldbeck play for them? Well, if it's on the list, it's on the list. And it is on on the the list. list. 
So you didn't say yes when we said Bjarne Goldberg? I did. I ticked it and said yes. Oh, okay. I well, said yes. Did you? Okay, I missed that bit. Sorry. This one is, I, I can't remember that he, he, he played here at all. And I'm surprised by this, but... He was one of our favourite striking double acts at Chelsea of recent times. Must be Ida. It's definitely because, Ida. Because he played for every London club. Yeah. Well, I forgot all about that conveniently. I just thought once we said bye-bye to him when he went to Barcelona, that was it. But clearly I forgot. He um, went to Spurs as well, didn't he? Okay, this guy was, an, was a mysterious Russian purchase of a Russian player. Oh, Smirtin. Yes. Yeah. My clues are far too easy. Right, we've got two goalkeepers that we had last week, JK. If that's not a massive clue for you, I do not know what is. Bodden? No, that's not the one. Of, we had a lot of goalkeepers last week. Uh, it Schwarzer. Wasn't, yes. Do you know what I tried to do on the... Uh, oh, Has he played for us yet? Bettinelli? Yes. He did play in the Cup, didn't he, a couple of years ago? My clue for Mark Schwarzer last week on last week's show was, um, JK, he's a black goalkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) He said, Jamal Blackman. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I know, I know. I got it though after that. I got it though after that. Okay, right. This chap... uh, has always been on loan and has got a rather tricky name to pronounce. And I think he's a Nigerian. I could be wrong. I don't know where he is currently either, but he's always been on loan. And it's one of those players that we got a while ago and that just put them on loan and they never really came back. In fact, two of them you could say that about. One's a Brazilian and one is, oh, I think, Nigerian. He is on. Yes. He is on. Yes, because he was supposed to be the the, and he went to Reading, didn't he? And didn't he was our, he was he ended up being our longest service player, didn't he? Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. So you've got two more of the ones that you should know. Um, one of them is the aforementioned, I think, Nigerian who was permanently on loan, and one was a guy who I've, only I've played. I'm sorry, I've just remembered the centre half. I said Urban. Ian Pierce. Oh, JK has broken the barrier. He's got yeah. one that's not the one I didn't really know about. Yeah, yeah. He played for Blackburn as well. Yeah. Fugan yeah, yeah. JK. Well done. More of that, please. Right. No, it just came to me because I quite liked him as a player. I couldn't understand why we, he played for us a few times and then became a regular for Fulham. All right. Um, he, was very, he was very good when he played for us. He okay. was. He was. Okay, so one of these youngsters, he, he made his debut in a mahusive and very famous game, uh, played in defence, played really well, and we never really saw him again under, under Jose. Oh, he, he was the clue from last week. Play, didn't he play for Bristol City? I don't know. Who, who are you thinking of? Callas. Yes! Yes! Yes, 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 yes. Oh, so, he played. He played. Yeah, he was another one who was decent. Didn't he play that the famous game up at the, the Denver Bar game? Yeah, that's what you mentioned last week. Yeah, Jim. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the last one, uh, you know, is this this player who's been on loan all the time. I think he's Nigerian. It's a rather strange name. If you were in Spain. And you greet somebody, you would say? Hola. Yes. That's... Well done, Clayton. What is it? What do you say? Hola, Aina. Hola, Aina. 
He plays for Forest, doesn't he now? Yeah, that's right. I knew he was somewhere. Right. So I, um, don't, I don't think he's ever. Did he ever play for us? Did he ever make? I, I, I don't know, theory? mate. I can't remember. Um, there's only one more, one on this list that I have. No, there's two that I've heard on the list that uh, I didn't think you would know, or I certainly didn't know, who I will give you clues for because you will know them actually. One of them, uh, you would say. Did Tommy Baldwin play for Fulham? No. No. Right. The first one is uh, his second name. You would be Touchy. Feely. Yes. Well done, Feely. Very clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last one, uh, he, I think he was in our 55 title winning team. I think he was a defender. And he had uh, an affinity with the Academy of Football. Um, Ron uh, Greenwood. Yes, indeed. Uh, but, oh, you beat me to it. Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't going to say, and he was an England manager, because I thought that'd be far too easy. Yeah, and I was about to say he was an England manager, in fact, but you, yeah, you've got it. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think I shall draw a line under it there, because if you get any of these, uh, I mean, we could wait all night for, for one, and I think you've actually done very, very well. With your with your help, Chich, with I your know, clue. But I, I like I like I like the odd clue. Now I'm gonna uh, get uh, <clears throat> Nathan's list so I can tell you about the others that are on the list. Uh let me get me me Twitter up. Where we go. Right. Come on. Hurry up. Right, here we go. Right. So we've got Jimmy Bowie. Uh, who played for us between 1947 and 50, 84 appearances, 22 goals. Joe Bradshaw, 1909 to 10, six appearances, three goals. He managed Fulham from uh, 1926 to 29. Willie Brown, 1924 to 28, 57 appearances, 22 goals, one cap for England in 1923. Peter Buchanan, uh, 37 to 39, 40 appearances, six goals, one Scottish cap in 1937. Jimmy Kroll, 1914-22, to 22, 130 appearances, 26 goals. Scotland International, three caps. Sidney Elliott, 1928-30, uh, 30, 30 appearances, nine goals. Wally Hinshelwood, 1951, uh, 14 appearances, one goal. Uh, I've lost it completely, which was really stupid of me. So hang on, I need to go back to where I was. Sorry about that. Uh, God's for fuck's sake. Right. I'm mucking around with my mouse and it's lost it all. Right. Where was I? Bar- uh, Fred Linfoot, 1920 24, 41 appearances, one goal. Barry Lloyd. Barry Lloyd, JK? Yes. 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 Should have remembered him. Yes. Yeah. 67, yeah. Um, 68. 60, I'd say 67. Yeah. 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 10 appearances. Yeah. Uh, Willie Porter, 1906 to 7, three appearances. Edward Riley, 1909, one appearance. Jimmy Sharp, 1912 to 15, 63 appearances. Walter Toomer, uh, 1905, one appearance. He became a director of Southampton. And uh, W. Harmer, reserve goalkeeper in 1905. Uh, and Jimmy Taylor, a Fulham player, but guested for Chelsea in 1945. Uh, now, the ones that I don't have any, we, we seem to have lost Joe Bacuzzi. Anybody know of Joe Bacuzzi? I thought he was the Fulham manager. No, that was Joe Bradshaw. 
No, I thought Bukusi was a manager as oh, well. He, well, he may well have been in addition to Joe Bradshaw. That's true. I do not know. I think you did very, very well. I really do. I think that's the most you've ever got. We warmed up. Right. We warmed up, didn't we? You did indeed. Uh, and just as well, because it's a chilly night. Right, we're done. That's it. That's brilliant. I enjoyed that, as always. Now, uh, we will be back uh, on Tuesday. No, no, we won't be back on Tuesday. We'll be back on Monday. What am I talking about? We're back on Monday night. Me, JK, Marco, Worrell at 7.30pm, looking back at the match against Fulham. And uh, there you go. I do promise that we will do an in-off-the-post show eventually. We might even do it next week. We'll see what Madari is looking like. Uh, if you want to send your emails in, it's chelseafancast at gmail.com. And you can follow the show on all the social media at chelseafancast. Me at Stanford Chid, jo- uh, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Clayton at Goalie59. Clayton, you've been a trooper tonight, particularly with that performance in they played for both, mate. Very impressed. Well, when I saw the script come through, I actually gave I gave my head a wobble and tried to think of who I could think of. And I came up with six or seven. So, yeah, I love that. It's brilliant, but it's infuriating. Oh, it is. It is. And I mean, actually, on that point, I also should say, um, as we're doing thanks and shout outs, but uh, massive thanks to Paul Carter and his website, stamford-bridge.com. Uh, you can find Paul uh, at Stamford underscore bridge. And uh, also check out the Chelsea Heritage Group, which is chelseaheritagepartnership.com at CFC underscore heritage. And, of course, the wonderful Nathan, who uh, is the Chelsea Grave Society, who uh, gives us all the ancillary information, and we love him for it. There we go. Uh, JK, lovely to see you too, mate. Well done. Lovely to be on the show. Um, uh, I wasn't as angry as I thought I'd be, but I was still quite angry. I know. I've, I've been. I've been in the. I've had a right royal hump since Tuesday night. It's affected my mood darkly. I have to say, but there we go. Another game tomorrow. You never know. You might get a result, and it all changes just like that. But I, uh, I hope you make it, Clayton. Or, or if you don't make it, get better soon. And well done for turning up tonight, considering you feel like a piece of shit. So I do appreciate that. My pleasure. Uh, and hope, God bless. Yeah, hope to see you soon as well. JK, uh, I'll see you on Monday. Uh, maybe I'll be with you tomorrow. You never know, but I won't be enjoying your hospitality, which is a great shame after last week. There we Lovely go. I have a spare if you want to come. Well, I've got me, I've got me season ticket tomorrow, yeah, Bunny Lab. I know, I know, I know, I know. No, Eddie Levy's just phoned me to say that uh, his mate has, has let him down, so he's got a spare. So. Oh, right, cool. All right. But I've left it up to him, but he just said, if you think of anybody. So I said, well, yeah, I think of a mass of people who want to come, who want to come. But um, yeah. it's more down to him. So I've oh, left yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Absolutely. All right. Lovely to see you both. Uh, lovely to see everybody in Mixler. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, keep it chill. Yeah, you chill, You It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.